Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the History of Birdland podcast. I'm your host, Andy Snacks. And today, today, I, I, I've actually been waiting to do this for a while because it's one of the most interesting periods, one of the most interesting things that's happened in the Orioles franchise. Because we, we've all heard of the, you know, the championship season and... You know, the Hall of Famers, the statues, the great teams, the Cy Youngs, the great pitchers. Just we've heard a lot of the good, but they've also had one of the worst teams and the worst start to any Major League Baseball season in the history of the game. And I'm talking about the 1988 Baltimore Orioles who started the year 0-21. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Episode number 11 on the history of Birdland podcast. So we're going to go through the 1988 Baltimore Orioles who started the season 0 and 21. Uh, now let's go back to the year before. And this, and this is kind of when the Orioles were kind of, I guess you could say on the downward, I wouldn't say spiral, but like they won the world series in 1983. That was the last world championship that they had won. So they were kind of going through a transitional period here. And in 1987, they weren't very good either. In 1987, they were 67 and 95. And 1986, they were 73 and 89. So they were coming off some very mediocre subpar seasons. I mean, nothing could have ever prepared you for an 0-21 start. But let's not pretend like this was a team that had won the World Series in 1986 you know, or 87, and then all of a sudden they start 0-21. This was not a very good baseball team, even though they had some good players on the team, guys like Cal Ripken, guys like Eddie Murray. Uh, Mickey Tettleton was on that team. Billy Ripken, Joe Orsalak, Fred Lynn. They had some good, te- good players. Uh, some of the pitchers on that team, Scott McGregor, he was a World Series champion. So they had some guys, but overall just not a very good baseball team so let's get right into it uh i'm gonna go game by game i'm not gonna do so i'm not i'm not gonna go too much into the weeds of every game because it's 21 straight games so that's that's a lot to go through uh in in a in in an episode and i like to try to keep these to about 35 45 minutes so but let's get right into it game one of the 1988 season the orioles would host the milwaukee brewers at memorial stadium on Monday, April 4th, 1988. And uh, I guess this was a sign of things to come if you're the Orioles because the, the, the season did not start well in 1988. The Orioles would lose the opening game 12-0. Milwaukee would score two runs in the fourth, two runs in the fifth, two runs in the seventh, and then a six-run eighth to really put that game away. And uh, Mike Boddicker was the starting pitcher for the Orioles that day. He would go 0-1, only five hits for the Orioles in that game. So game one of the season, 12, nothing lost to the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, not a good way to start it for the Orioles in 1988 game. Number two for the Orioles again against Milwaukee was a short two game series for the birds against the Brewers. This one a little bit closer and the Orioles actually had a lead in this game. They took a one, nothing lead in the second inning, but a three run sixth for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, gave them the win. And the Orioles would go on to lose three to one. In the second game of the season, again, just five hits for the Orioles. So through two games, only 10 hits. 
and they would get swept by the Milwaukee Brewers in a quick two-game series to start the 1988 season. On to game number three. The Orioles would go on their first road trip, start a four-game series against the Cleveland Indians. Uh, game number one, more of the same. The Orioles would lose and again, not get a lot of hits. The, the Orioles would lose 3 nothing uh, to the Cleveland Indians in game number three. I mean, pretty... Pretty pretty standard game. I mean, the Indians didn't score until the seventh inning, so the Orioles pitchers did do okay in this game. But again, just no offense from the Orioles here. Uh, three nothing loss, only three hits. So through three games, the Orioles have a total of thirteen hits. That's not great. Game number four. Uh, as I said, the Indians and Orioles had a four game series here in Cleveland. So game number four of the season, game number two of the series, and this game got out of hand real quick. So a couple of the games, the you know, opening day wasn't a very good game for the Orioles, and uh, they had a couple close games here and there. This one was over pretty quickly. Uh, 5 nothing after two innings, and then 9 nothing after three innings, and the Indians would just keep tacking on runs. The Indians would win this game 12-1, to uh, amassing 20 hits in the game. The Orioles, their only run was scored in the ninth inning. Uh, as they lost 12 to one, they actually got eight hits in this game. So that, getting better, getting, but they had 13 hits combined in the first three games in game number four, they had eight hits. So they're, they're getting there. They're getting better. So game, game four, the Orioles now and four to start the season game. Number five, again, against Cleveland, April 10th, 1988, again, a game that I wouldn't say got out of hand quickly, but the game was decided relatively early on the Indians would take a one nothing lead in the second inning and then they would score four in the fourth to make it five nothing the Orioles would score a run in the in the fifth and two runs in the seventh but ultimately would lose the game six to three to start the season oh and five on to game number six and this would be the last game of the four game series against the Cleveland Indians it took place on April 11th 1988 a little bit of a back and forth here, but again, the, the score line did not finish close. The uh, The Indians would take a 2-0 lead in the sixth inning. The Indians would take a 2-0 lead in the fourth inning. The Orioles would actually tie it immediately in the fifth inning. And actually, in this game, the Orioles hit their first home run as a team. They went the first five games of the year, no home runs by anybody. It took them until game number six to hit a home run and it came here in the fifth inning against the Indians that at the time tied the game at two, but then the Indians in the sixth inning, they'd score two runs. And then in the seventh inning, they'd score three runs, seven to two win for the Indians. This would also mark the end of Cal Ripken seniors time as manager. He was the manager to start the 1988 season. And after the Owen six start and the couple subpar seasons before that Cal Ripken senior was shown the door as the Orioles manager. Just taking a look at Cal Ripken Sr.'s managerial career as a, the Orioles manager. He had one game in 1985 as an interim manager. They won that game. He was the full-time manager in 1987, and that was the year before this season. They went 67-95, and 95, so not great. And then he started 0-6 in the 1988 season. So his overall record, 68-101. So not great, but... As we will continue through this episode, I don't think the manager was really the problem here for the Orioles. When you start 0-21, 
and you fire the manager after six games, there's still a lot more games there that you lost. What, 15 more games? So it wasn't anything the, the manager was doing. The Orioles were just a bad baseball team in 1988. But, again, Cal Ripken Sr., after the 0-6 start and after the subpar season in 1987, the Orioles decided to part ways. Frank Robinson would take over as the Orioles manager uh, here in 1988 after the six-game losing streak. So, you know, you're thinking, you know, arguably one of the greatest Orioles. You could, you could make a case that this was the greatest Oriole of all time. When the Orioles traded for Frank Robinson in 1966 or before the 1966 season, he was like the missing piece for the Orioles to get them over that hump, and they won two world titles with Frank Robinson at the centerpiece of that. So great player, but great players don't always make great managers, and we'll find that out here very quickly. The Orioles, game number seven, so new manager, maybe a a new zest on life, and they actually took a one nothing lead in this game. They scored a run in the first inning, in the bottom of the first inning at Memorial Stadium, took a one nothing lead. They're playing Kansas City here, by the way in the uh, seventh game of the season, but then the Royals would come roaring back. There's a lot of R's there. The Royals roar back with three in the fourth, three in the fifth. They would go on to win six to one, and now the Orioles are 0-7 to start the 1988 season. So, so far, Frank Robinson, not off to a good start. He's 0-1. Game number eight of the season, game number two against Kansas City. Again, it's a home game for the Orioles. This time, it's the reverse of what happened in game number seven, where, where the Orioles scored early in the game in the first inning. This time, it's Kansas City. They scored one in the first, two in the third, three in the fourth. So they had a 6 nothing lead before the Orioles finally scored. Didn't matter. The Orioles would lose 9-3, to and now they are 0-8 to start the season. So the Orioles 0-8 to start the 1988 season after this 9-3 loss to Kansas City. Game number nine, more of the same. They wrap up a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. But this game was actually a little bit closer than than most with the Orioles. So Kansas City took the lead early, uh, scoring one in the second and two in the third. They're up 3 nothing, but the Orioles would come back to tie it. They scored one in the fifth and two in the sixth. So after six innings, this game's tied 3-3. Three to three. Maybe the Orioles have a chance here. We enter the ninth inning. Guess what? We're still tied at 3-3. Three to three. Could this be the game that the Orioles finally break it? But in the top of the ninth inning, the Kansas City Royals come up tied 3-3. Three to three. George Brett, really good hitter, strikes out looking. Then Danny Tartable, he strikes out. So two outs. Maybe the Orioles will enter the ninth inning in a tie game. But then Jim Eisenreich singles. And then Frank White reaches on an error. Eisenreich scores. There was a three-base error. And the Royals take the lead 4-3. to three. The Orioles in the bottom half of the ninth, they get a couple guys on, have a chance to maybe tie or even win the game, but they can't do it. And they lose in heartbreaking fashion 4-3 to three, and now are 0-9. So a tough loss for the Orioles. Probably the closest game up to this point of breaking this streak. So here we go. Game number 10, back facing the Indians here in game number 10. And again, another close game. The Indians take a one nothing lead in the second inning, and then the Orioles 
bounce back immediately in the bottom of the second inning with two runs, and they actually hold on to that lead two to one into the eighth inning. So again, the Orioles getting deep into the game with a two to one lead at 0-9, trying to break the streak, but in the top of the eighth inning, the Indians come up, and Joe Carter, yes, that Joe Carter of Toronto Blue Jays fame, and actually later on in his career was a Baltimore Oriole, he comes up, hits a solo home run to tie the game, and then later in the inning, Ron Kittle doubles, uh, Brooke Jacoby singles to drive him in, and the Indians take the lead. They score two runs in the top of the eighth to take a... 3 to 2 lead and they would hold on to win the game 3 to 2 and now the Orioles double digits 0 and 10 to start the season. So another close game, they actually had a lead late in the game, could not hold on. So we move on to game number 11 again against the Indians at the three game series. And this one again, they're fighting hard. You 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 got to you got to say for the Orioles to start the season, especially baseball once you get yourself into this deep of a hole this early into the season, it's really hard to fight your way out of it. But they're still fighting hard. And this game, the Orioles actually outhit the Indians 8-3. to And the game went scoreless for 10 innings. So neither team can score through the first 10 innings. In the top of the 11th, though, the Indians break the Orioles' hearts again. So top of the 11th inning... The inning starts with a Corey Snyder walk. A passed ball gets him to second base, but then the next two batters, Jay Bell and Chris Bando, strike out, so two away. Julio Franco comes up. He walks, so now two on, two out. Willie Upshaw would come up, and he singles to center field. Uh, Snyder scores, and that would give the Indians all they needed, a one nothing lead in the top of the 11th inning. And the Orioles lose an 11 to make the streak 11 to start the year. So 0 and 11 for the Orioles to start the 1988 season. Oh, and we're just getting started. <laughs> we're just getting started. 0 and 11 to start the 1988 season. And this is a significant part in the streak as well because there was a local radio DJ who made a vow, Bob Rivers. So here, here's the story about Bob Rivers. He was a radio personality in Baltimore at the time at WIYY, better known as 98 Rock. Uh, so in the spring of 1988, he joined um, as the lead morning show personality, and he gained national attention because after this 11th loss, he vowed to remain on the air until the Orioles won, the, won a game. So he would, he would continue to stay on the air, and not go off until the Orioles won. He kept his vow and became somewhat of a local celebrity. Obviously, if you're on the air for 12 straight days or whatever it was, um, yeah, you, you kind of gained some notoriety. And actually, uh, according to Wikipedia, it says he only took naps during songs and started to develop health complications due to the lack of sleep. Because you got to figure, if you're only taking naps during songs unless you put in a 15 minute song yeah you're you're not getting a lot of time to sleep there you i mean you got commercial breaks and stuff like that but you still i mean back in the day radio djs you know you were just there by yourself so it's not like you had somebody else running the ship and then you would just talk you're doing everything so you can't really sleep that much so this was it after the 11th loss bob rivers 
of uh, 98 Rock said he would not go off the air until the Orioles won a game. I'm sure when he first said this and when he first made this vow, he thought, ah, maybe a, a couple days here and there. Because like I just said, some of those games with the Orioles here, they were close. Uh, a one nothing loss in 11 innings. Uh, you know, uh, they had a 2-1 to one lead in one game until the 8th inning. So they were close a couple times of breaking this streak. So I, I guarantee you when Bob made this vow, he didn't think it was going to go another week and a half, which it did as, as far as games games-wise are concerned. So here we go. We move on. Bob Rivers broadcasting on 98 Rock from this point forward in the streak until the Orioles finally win a game. So we go to game number 12. For the Orioles, this one not as dramatic as the last couple. The Indians took a lead in the second inning, one nothing. The Orioles would tie it in the third, but that's all the Orioles would get. Indians add two in the fourth, one in the seventh, and they would win the game four to one, making the Orioles record now zero and twelve. Game number thirteen of the season. Could this be lucky number thirteen? And again, the Orioles are playing the Brewers. They start the game off great. Three runs in the first inning for the Orioles. That's almost unheard of in this streak. So they take an early 3-0 lead, but almost immediately, not almost immediately, immediately, the Brewers strike. They score two in the first, three in the second, to take a 5-3 lead. The Orioles would get one back in the third, 5-4, but then a three-run fifth inning for the Brewers kind of put the game away. Uh, the Orioles would add one more in the sixth, but the Milwaukee Brewers would win pretty easily 9-5 to to give the Orioles their 13th consecutive loss to begin the 1988 season. So hot start for the Orioles, but not a great finish. Game number 14. Here we go. Game number 14, April 20th, 1988. Again against the Milwaukee Brewers. This one, a pretty competitive back and forth game. Uh, Milwaukee would score three in the second to take an early lead, but then the Orioles would score three in the third, one in the fourth, and one in the fifth. So they take a five to three lead. But in the bottom half of the fifth, almost immediately after they take that lead, they give it up. They give up four runs in the fourth, one in the sixth. The Brewers take an 8-5 to five lead. They would win 8-6. to six. The Orioles would add a run late in the game, but it wouldn't matter. So the Orioles drop another one, 0-14 now, to start the season. And they would play one more game against Milwaukee here before uh, moving on to another series. So game number 15 for the Orioles here. Again, against the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, this one not really much of a competitive game. Milwaukee scored six in the third, one in the fourth, and then just kind of coasted here. Uh, the Orioles would only score one in the eighth, a, a token run at best, because it would end 7-1, to one, and the Orioles would drop to 0-15. Just a tough start. And, and let, let's, let's take a look at this right now, because uh, here's, here's the standings in the American League East at the time. So they lose this game. They drop to 0-15. They are 12 games out of first place already. 15 games in, and they are 12 games out of first place. I mean, that's uh, what can you do? <laughs> you're, you're already 12 games out. The, the Yankees and the Indians in the 1988 season started the year 12-3, and three, so the Orioles are 12 games out, 15 games in. Um, and, but if, if being honest, looking at the standings here after the first 15 games, they're not that far off from not being the worst team. The Atlanta Braves in the National League were 2 and 12. So they're not the the Braves are not much better than what the Orioles are doing. It's just what the Orioles are doing is 
generational and not generational in a good way. Uh, so here we go. We go to game number 16 for the Orioles. And, and this game just started. Uh, you can't help but laugh. And like being a, a hardcore Orioles fan, like we've watched some really bad teams. Like, you know, I'm 36 years old. You know, I've, I've mentioned that a couple times on the podcast. I was born in 1986. So I was actually alive during this 0-21 start. I was only two years old, so I don't remember it, obviously. But I was alive for this. But just, like, I can't imagine starting a season like this. And this is game number 16 against Kansas City in Kansas City. The Royals scored nine runs in the first inning. So you're already you're going into this game 0-15. You're the laughing stock of baseball. National media is picking this up. Like outlets that don't even talk about sports are talking about the Orioles' horrendous start to the season. And then in the 16th game, you open the game by giving up nine runs in the first inning. Like, how do you get over that? Like, you you just immediately have to shut down as a player. Like, nobody likes to say that players don't try hard and they give up easy, but, like, when you're 0-15 and then in the, in the 16th game you give up nine runs in the first inning, I mean, how can you just not shut down at that point and just go through the motions, get through this game as quickly as possible, which, by the way, this game only lasted two and a half hours. So, <laughs> so the Orioles did not put up much of a fight. They lose this game pretty easily, 13-1. to uh, and now they're 0-16 at the start of the year. So I, it's, it's just got to be so demoralizing. And the, and baseball is such a long year. You know, it's baseball is such a long season. To, to start 0-16 and knowing you got about 140 more games left to go, like that's just got to be the worst type of feeling. So here we go, game number 17. So we're getting close. We're getting close to the end here, boys and girls. Uh, so game number 17, the Orioles would actually start this game pretty well. They scored in the first inning, one nothing. Kansas City would come back to tied in the third, 1-1. Orioles score in the fourth. Royals score in the fourth, so we're tied 2-2. The Orioles would take the lead in the fifth to take a 3-2 lead. Kansas City would tie it in the sixth, and then they would walk it off in the ninth inning uh, to win 4-3, and the Orioles are now 0-17. 0-17 to start the season for the Orioles, and it just it just keeps getting worse. And, and look, that was a competitive game. That was a really competitive game, and they just could not get the job done. So now they're 0-17. So we go to game number 18, April 24th, 1988. By the way, Bob Rivers is still broadcasting on 98 Rock right now. <laughs> so he's into, what, day 7 or 8. It was 0-11, so he's... He's been on the air for quite some time, just waiting for the Orioles to finally win a game. And he had to hate off days, too. You know, because obviously there's there's an off day sprinkled in here and there. So, you know, you know for a fact, like if the Orioles lose today and then they got an off day tomorrow, you know you're going to be on the air for another 48 hours at least. That's got That had to be the most demoralizing when the Orioles would lose a game right before an off day. So we go to game number 18, uh, Baltimore. Again, nothing really doing. They score a run in the ninth inning, but they were already losing 3 nothing. Kansas City would hold on. They win 3-1, to making the Orioles now 0-18. And, and this is when the Orioles uh, uh, donned the cover of Sports Illustrated. I believe it was a picture of Billy Ripken 
you know, with his eyes closed, forehead leaning against his bat, not the not the infamous bat that, that I'm sure more a lot of Orioles fans know about that. Not that infamous bat, or maybe it might have been. You can't see the knob on this, but he's just leaning against the bat, and it just says Owen eighteen. They're a national story for all the wrong reasons, and this and this is such a proud franchise because again. The Orioles, you know, 66, 70, 83 world champions. They went to the World Series in 69, 70, 71, you know, 79, 83. I mean, just just a really proud, very good franchise. You could argue from from the time that they won their three world championships, 1966 to 1983, they might have been the banner franchise of Major League Baseball. And just five years removed from their last world championship, they start the season 0-18. It's mind-boggling to even think about how bad this start was for the Orioles. So here we go, game number 19, Minnesota. So this is a new team. I don't think the Orioles have played the Twins yet in 1988. So 19th game of the season, uh, Orioles and the Twins in Minnesota. Orioles... Actually, again, take a lead here. They score in the first inning, one nothing. Then they would add a run in the third. So they're up two nothing here, two nothing on the Minnesota Twins. But then the Twins would come back, score three in the sixth, one in the eighth, and they would win this game four to two. Guess what? Another loss for the Orioles. They're zero and nineteen. Zero and nineteen. So bad. So game number twenty. They're not going to hit twenty, are they? Even the most hardcore baseball fans, the most hardcore Orioles fans, they couldn't have really fathomed that the Orioles would start 0-20. As bad as this start was, 0-20, and this one was a very competitive, very back-and-forth game. So the Orioles would score three in the first to take a 3-0 lead early. Minnesota would bounce back immediately with two in the bottom of the first. So it's 3-2. Orioles score one in the second. So now it's 4-2. Twins would come back. They'd score one in the second as well, so it's four to three. Twins would tie it in the fourth and make it four to four. No scoring until the eighth inning where the Twins would score three runs and make it seven to four. So game over, right? Well, the Orioles didn't go down without a fight in the ninth inning. They did not want to hit 20. So here's how the ninth inning played out. So Terry Kennedy would lead off and ground out and uh, there's one away. Then Craig Worthington, he struck out swinging. So two outs from the first two batters. You think the Orioles are going to go away quietly and drop to 0-20. Joe Orsalak singles. Billy Ripken walks. So we got two on, two out, and the two best players on the team are coming to the plate. So you're going to think that they're going to do something here. Cal Ripken, he would single. Orsalak scores. His brother, Billy, would go to third on the single. And then Eddie Murray, he singles. Billy Ripken scores. Cal Ripken goes to third. So they got two on, two out, and now they're down seven to six. Fred Lynn comes up, and he grounds out the second base game. over. So, so the Orioles put up a fight, but they lose seven to six, and now they are 0-20-2-0 to start the season for the Orioles. It's just crazy to even think about. I know, I know I've said that once or twice during this podcast, but 0-20. So here, here we go. Game number 21 of the season. Can the Orioles finally get a win, end the streak, 
and uh, move on with their lives. Uh, no, they can't. Just uh, in, in a word, no, they can't. Not yet. Orioles do score one in the first inning in game number 21, but then the Twins would come back with two in the fourth, two in the sixth, to take a four-to-one lead. The Orioles would add one in the seventh, but it's not enough, and the Twins would win four-to-two. The Orioles are 0-21. And, and let's look at uh, the standings and kind of where Major League Baseball was at this time. Uh, in 1988, there were still only two divisions. Uh, so the Orioles are in the Eastern Division, 0-21, 16 games out of first place. So 21 games played, and they are 16 games behind first place Cleveland. The Indians are in first place right now in the American League East. After At this point in the season, they're 16-5. and The Yankees are right behind them at 14-7, and two games out. Uh, Boston, 12-6. and uh, two and a half behind Cleveland in the national league. We talked about Atlanta uh, earlier in the podcast that they weren't doing much better than the Orioles were. And they're still not in the national league. The Atlanta Braves are the worst team in baseball or the worst team in that league. And they are three and 15. So not, not that much better. You know, they're three and 15. Uh, they're in the uh, national league West and they're nine games out of first place after 18 games played for them. So, yes, the Orioles are 0 21, but they're not that far off from being the worst team in baseball. The Atlanta Braves are trying their damnedest to be that as well. So, <laughs> so here we go. This podcast has been leading up to this point, and we're at April 29th, 1988. The Orioles playing the Chicago White Sox in Chicago looking to snap the 0-21 streak, and they do it. They freaking do it. 0-21, no more. The Orioles would win this game, and they won it pretty handily. I don't know what happened in this game that everything just clicked for the Orioles, but they win 9 nothing. They scored two in the first, one in the fifth, four in the seventh, and two in the ninth. So nine runs, 11 hits, zero errors, and the White Sox only had four hits in this game. Some of the stat, uh, stat lines of this game, Eddie Murray uh, went one for four uh, with a home run, two RBIs. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. had a four-hit day. Um, he had an RBI. Terry Kennedy, he had two RBIs. Larry Sheets had an RBI. So just out of nowhere, the Orioles just put it all together. The pitching was great because they only gave up four hits to the White Sox. The hitting was great. They scored nine runs, and the long nightmare of an 0-21 start is finally over. The Orioles are 1-21, and and now they can put that winning streak together, right? Well, not, not necessarily. So they win. They're 1-21, and and then they would lose the next two <laughs> to drop to 1-23. and uh, they lost four to one against Chicago on April 30th, and to begin the month of May, they lose seven to three against the White Sox to drop to one and 23. One thing I wanted to mention about this, and I think it shows how strong the baseball fandom is here in Baltimore. So this is a one and 23 team, arguably one of the worst teams in professional sports. So when they won in, uh, against Chicago, that was on the road in Chicago. 
the next two games, obviously, in Chicago as well. So they're they're still on the road as this streak ends and they play a couple games. So their first home game after the streak is ended is on May 2nd, 1988, and they're playing the Texas Rangers. And the reason I bring this up, because the attendance in that game, 50,402. So 50,000 fans showed up to Memorial Stadium for a 1-23 and team. That's incredible. I mean, really, that, I mean, would that happen in today's game? I don't know if it would, honestly. That's, that shows you the devotion and the love that this city has for the Orioles. And that's why I will always say Baltimore is a baseball city because 50,000 people showed up for their first home game after they broke the 0-21 start. And the Orioles win this game. They, they, they send the 50,000 fans home happy. And they, they win 9-4. to They beat the Texas Rangers. They're now 2-23 and on the season. But I, I, just, I just wanted to mention that because I thought that, was, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really cool that after that streak and, and you know, as bad as the Orioles were playing, obviously you can't play much worse than an 0-21 start, that over 50,000 fans came to the stadium for the first home game after they broke their 0-21 start. And looking at the Orioles' season, they did actually have a couple winning streaks. They had two three-game winning streaks. They actually had a four-game winning streak in August. So they they did do okay, I guess. I mean, what is okay? When you start 0-21, what's okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they went 54-107. and I mean, yeah, when you start 0-21, you know, how do you expect to, to finish any better than that? I mean, in the American League East, uh, they finished, again, 54-107. and 107. They finished 34 games out of first place. The Red Sox would wind up winning the division in the East uh, at 89-73. and 73. So, yeah, the Orioles finished with the worst record in the American League. And we mentioned the, uh, the Atlanta Braves. They actually finished with just as bad of a record as the Orioles did. They finished 54 and 106. I guess they had a game that they postponed that they didn't make up, but the Orioles finished 54 and 107. So they almost didn't have the worst record in baseball that year. The Atlanta Braves almost beat them for the worst record and the Orioles started 0 21. So how bad was that was that Braves team that they almost had the worst record in the majors before a team that had an 0 and 21 streak to start the year. So I, I wanted I wanted to do uh, run through some streaks in sports, and I found this article. Uh, it's from Stadium Talk. It was published by Ross Kelly. I want to I want to give everyone the proper uh, credit. So this was uh this was produced by StadiumTalk.com, and it was written by Ross Kelly in November of 2019. So relatively a couple years old, but they went through the worst losing streaks in sports. Uh, so it's, it's, it's 30 of them, so let's go through them real quick. So number 30 was Northwestern football uh, lost 34 straight games. This was from 1979 to 1982. They lost 34 straight games. Uh, number 29, the so Sunderland, which is a, uh, a soccer team in England, they lost 
15 consecutive games. And uh, because of that, there's a there's a tier system in, in English football, uh, and you get relegated when you finish at the bottom of the league, so they got relegated. And that happened from 2002 to 2003. Uh, the Orioles make this list at number 28. We don't have to go through that. We, uh, we just went through it in the whole podcast, but they're number 28 on this list with 21 straight losses in 88. Towson basketball, another local. <laughs> oh, God, you, you have to laugh at yourself. But Towson basketball is on this list. They lost 41 games in a row from 2011 to 2012. Nearly one quarter of their losses, 10 games, came by 25 points or more. This is the longest losing streak in NCAA Division I history. I'm surprised it's not higher on the list if it's this one's kind of a funny one. It's uh, it's a wrestling like WWE. Kurt Hawkins <laughs> lost 269 straight matches. That does just roll right past that. That's just funny. Um, this one is a legitimate sport. Uh, BJ Penn, he ended his UFC career with seven straight losses. And BJ Penn at one point was one of the best fighters in the world. And then he loses seven straight fights to end his career. It happened from... 2011 to 2019, uh, number 24 on this list. The Lions lose 19 straight. Of course, they had the one season when they went 0-16, and, and then the next season they lost a couple more. So, yeah, 0-19. Uh, number 23 on the list, the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, lose to the Seattle Supersonics 26 straight times. Uh, number 22, J.D. McDuffie loses th- 653 straight races let's see number 21 the cavaliers take an l in 26 straight after lebron takes his talents to south beach so so after after lebron james decides he doesn't want to play in cleveland anymore the cavaliers lost 26 straight so that's not good hey another local team wow uh the the, this area is known for their losing streaks this isn't necessarily baltimore but the uh the washington capitals the hockey team became an expansion team in the 70s, and they lost 17 straight games to start their history, 1975. So <laughs> not a very good expansion team. Uh, number 19, Vince Sp- Spadia. Spadia lost 21 straight matches. This is tennis, so apologies on the name. Number 18, uh, Detroit Lions again on this list, a nine-game postseason losing streak. The Philadelphia Phillies. Are on this list, number 17, 23 losses in 1961. So that's the longest losing streak in baseball. Uh, number 16, the Bills go winless against the Dolphins in the 1970s by losing all 20 games. And of course, the 1970s Dolphins really good. Of course, the perfect year in 1972. Number 15 on the list, Cal basketball loses to UCLA 52 straight times. 1961 to 1985. Uh, number 14, the Royals. Uh, and and it's for once. The or- the Orioles are on the uh, on the uh, winning ways here. So the expansion Kansas City Royals fall to the pennant-winning Orioles 23 straight times. So 1969 to 1971, when the Orioles were going to the World Series every year, the Kansas City Royals lost to the O's 23 straight times. Number 13. The entire AFC South loses to the Colts in 16 straight games. This is from 2012 to 2015. The Titans, Texans, and Jags combined 
uh, for 16 straight losses against the Indianapolis Colts, just complete and utter domination. This one's a famous one, number 12 on the list. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers kick off their franchise with 26 consecutive losses. This was 1976 and 1977. Of course, they started their first year. They went winless, and then they the next year, I think they lost seven or eight games because I think it was 14 games back then. So uh, here's number 11 on the list. Anthony Young makes MLB history by losing 27 consecutive decisions as a pitcher from 1992 to 1993. That's crazy. Uh, number 10, the Pistons' playoff utility with 14 straight defeats is alive and well. So the Detroit Pistons have lost 14 straight playoff games. Number nine, uh, after 260 events, Charlie Wee is still searching for his first PGA Tour win. So, I mean, that's a little tough, but yeah, if he's still playing and and uh, hasn't won a PGA Tour event, that's a lot of straight losses. Number eight on the list, the Dallas Mavericks uh, suffered double-digit losses in 12 straight games. This happened in 1992. The average margin of loss... 20.4 points per game. So the Mavericks were really bad. Diamond Hill Jarvis High School in Texas, 77 straight losses from 2010 to 2018. That, ooh, that's tough. Number six, this is, a, this is a weird one. Princeton Sprint Football. I'm not sure what Sprint Football is, but they lost 106 games in a row. This was from 1999 to 2015. Number five, almost done. Almost done, guys. Number five on the list. Philadelphia 76ers, 28 straight losses. This was happening in 2015. Number four, Prairie View A&M football, 80 straight losses. This was from 1989 to 1998. 80 straight losses. Uh, number three, Caltech basketball makes college basketball history with 207 losses in a row. And this happened from 1996 to 2007. Number two, the Chicago Cardinals 29-game losing streak is still the longest in NFL history. This happened from 1942 to 1945. And uh, this, one's, this one's a little weird, but the Buffalo Bills losing four straight Super Bowls uh, is the number one losing streak on this list. I'm kind of surprised by that. And so, so that's going to do it for this show. Just kind of wanted to throw some other losing streaks just to let just to let everyone know that not only the Orioles suck at times, other teams suck at times. So I want to thank you for sitting through this episode with me. This was a little bit of a long one, uh, just going over the 1988 Baltimore Orioles who started 0-21. Hopefully we'll never have to see that again. But uh, it, it was it was just, it was fun. It was fun in a way to go back and look at these games and, and just how close they were. And just you you would have thought that the Orioles might have just accidentally won a game here and there. But I guess not. They were just really, really bad. That's going to do it for this show. Again, on the socials, Andy Snacks, A-N-D-Y-S-N-A-K-S. The show page is Birdland History. Historyofbirdland at gmail.com is the email address if you want to hit me up there. And for next week's episode, episode number 12, I'm going to do my first year in review episode. So this is, I'm just going to go game by game. I mean, maybe not game by game, but just going to go through the entire season. And I'm going to do the 2012 Orioles season was when they returned to the playoffs for the first time 
in 15 years. So my next episode will be about the 2012 Baltimore Orioles and them getting back to the postseason. So I want to thank you all for listening to another episode. And this is Andy Snacks. And thank you again for listening to the History of Birdland podcast.